the Oxfordshire News podcast from Jack FM. Hello and welcome. I'm Joe from the news team here at Jack. And as we all await some more news, which popular holiday hotspots could be moved onto the green list of travel destinations, we wanted to talk to some experts about what a holiday at the moment would actually look like. What happens if you've booked a trip and it's on the amber list? Should you go? We're going to hear from a handful of local travel agents who will helpfully clear up some of those questions around the traffic light system. We'll also speak to a couple who are heading off to a green list destination and someone who's currently booked to go away to Dubai, which is unfortunately a no-go red country for now. Plus, we'll finish up by chatting staycations and the rise in people holidaying at home. First, I spoke to David Gambia. He owns Great Experience Travel in Whitney and he thinks there needs to be more clarity on the whole traffic light system and what it will mean. Yes, we're absolutely delighted that after 14 months, people are able to get get away on holidays. We're now, now all hoping that the list, which will be due on the 7th of June, when the um, policies are reviewed again, will include many more of the traditional holiday destinations. We know that the problem isn't the demand. The demand is, is absolutely out there. People are desperate to, to get away. The thing that everybody is looking for and has been lacking is the certainty that the government can provide in saying, if you go, then this is what's going to happen to you when you get back and we can plan and advise our customers accordingly. Are you finding that some people that you're speaking to then are actually saying, I'm not worried if this country's on an on the amber list. I don't mind if I have to do that 10 days quarantining. Are you getting some of those people? Oh, yeah, that's a, it is quite confusing because there were actually countries such as Israel, which was put on the green list, which have a foreign office advisory against all travel to it. And then there were countries which remained on the amber list, such as some of the Greek islands, the Canaries, um, which were given a clearance by the Foreign and Commonwealth Office that you could travel to them, but they remained on the amber list from the Department of Transport and People are justifiably confused about that situation. But the tour operators are saying, well, there's nothing stopping us taking you there. And in fact, there are more flights going to amber destinations at the moment than there are going to green destinations. Um, And so what we're looking for is hopefully when the next announcement comes, we get rid of that anomaly. But no, people have got a much wider choice of destinations than just Portugal, Iceland and Gibraltar. Um, if they come and speak to a good travel agent who knows what is available from the different tour operators. And people are then taking into account that when they come back, they have to quarantine at home. And if they've been working for the last 14 months from home and know that it works for them, then coming back and having to spend uh, a period working from home again when they get back from the holiday isn't that onerous an an option in order to get away for a fantastic holiday now. People that maybe are feeling confident enough to book a holiday, knowing what's happened in the last sort of year, year and a half with with the disruption, do you think people are actually not too worried about the fact that things can, as we know, just get cancelled last minute? Do you think that they now feel that they have the right insurance and sort of protection for that? 
Not quite yet. Um, I think that the damage done by the travel corridor fiasco last last year um, has dented confidence massively. And one of the things which we do get when people come in and see us in the agency is those who say, we'd love to go, but we're worried that this country might change from an amber or would to a red or might change from a green to a green to an amber people are not unsurprisingly sitting on their hands at the moment waiting to see how both the arrangements when people come back into the country function at the um at the ports and at the airports and also trying to get a fix that the, the government policy about different destinations won't be changed in such a short notice as it has done before. Mm. And have you got one in the diary? Not yet. Um, my particular passion is skiing, going off with my daughter back to where I used to live in Austria and where we both used to live in Austria for many years. And so um, I'm desperate to get a date in the diary for for that. And my wife is Swiss, so I might have to do a quick shopping visit to Zurich uh, just before the end of the end of the year um, in order to stock up on all of those things, which I know she misses desperately. David Gambier there from Great Experience Travel in Whitney. He hopes people will have a wider range of destinations to pick from with the next government update. Now, the announcement of the green list of countries earlier this month led to a surge in bookings for one country in particular. Guess where Leslie and Andrew Caffelt from Tiddington near Tame are flying off to? So we're going off to Portugal. We're flying on Friday. We're really, really excited. I'll go backwards a little bit and explain that these flights that we're actually going on, these were booked originally to take us to Spain for Christmas. And that was all cancelled. So we were then able to move the flights along. And we did that. We moved them along to go back to Spain, but at Easter. And then that was cancelled. So these are the actual Christmas flights and the Easter flights. But we've now changed the flights and we're going to go to Portugal because it's been put on the green list. So this has been a really long time coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but we, we really feel like we deserve it now. But how do you feel about going at the moment? Because obviously there's lots of talk about the different travel lists, the red, amber and green and, you know, what's safe and what's not. And are you sort of worried about that at all? Or are you just happy to get going? Happy to get going. Um, have I got any concerns? I'd, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't concerned at all. However, you know, I think we'll both minimise any risk to ourselves where we can, where, you know, we have control of that. Um, and yeah, I, I, I just think with the fact that we've changed to go to Portugal, that suits us better because I didn't want them want to have to self-isolate when we got home for 10 days. So that works better for us from a work point of view. Yeah, do you think it will feel relatively normal when you're out there as well? I mean, as, as normal as it can be, you know, it's probably a bit like going shopping here now or going out for something to eat or drink here. You do have to wear your masks to go anywhere and when you're out in any public places. But once you are in your, your own environment or you sat down in, in your restaurant, I suppose, then your mask can come off. So I suppose as normal as life can feel here and now. We have to wear our masks pretty much. Yeah. I suppose the only difference for the UK is you don't have to wear it when you're outside walking about. Um, but certainly, you know, when you, when you go into an environment, as I understand, when you go into any environment, you have to wear it until you're seated. Um, so, look, you know, I think from a safety element, A, our safety, and B, 
other people's safety and we're prepared to do it, you know, I guess. You know, because A, that's the rules and B, it feels like the right thing. So would I rather not have to wear a mask here, there and everywhere? Well, outside of pandemic, of course, but, but given the situation and circumstances we're in, it feels like the right thing to do. What are you looking forward to most about your holiday? What's kind of on the to-do list? It's a sunshine element, to be fair. You know, we we are not, uh, and I can't think of a single occasion where we've staycationed, uh, because one of the biggest elements of our holiday is the weather side of it. Yeah. So I think if we weren't going, we'd be stopping at home. <laughs> and you've picked a good week for it because we've just, I don't know, we've just had so much rain in May, haven't we? Yeah. It's miserable. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah. And like I say, you know, these were originally, I know Leslie told you that these were flights bumped from Christmas, which was tr- true, but originally they were last Easter 2020. Um, that they, we then moved to summer, which we then moved to Christmas. So, so these are these flights were bought and paid for well over a year ago. So at some point we've got to use them. Now, despite some amber list countries opening their doors to British visitors, the business minister recently urged people to stick to green list countries only. She said amber countries were still not meeting the criteria for our scientists to say that they should be green. First Minister Mark Drakeford previously said the government's concerned, of course, about re-importing the virus, and that meant that people should not travel abroad during 2021 at all. Georgina Staines is an independent travel councillor based in Digcot. She admits it's been difficult to juggle all of the changes for her clients. Obviously, everyone knows that travel is probably one of the worst industries that you can be in right now. Um, but I've had to do a lot of, obviously, amending. Um, when the, when obviously COVID, um, like last February, March time, um, we, I had a lot, I had clients that were obviously still on holiday. So I had to arrange um, to then coming home. Um, lots of amending. Um and, and changing and obviously keeping my clients up to date um, as much as I can um, with the updates, which of course have been changing so much. Um, and I've gained quite a lot of new clients as well um, because uh, travel councils have been in the news quite a lot where there's a lot of surveys, um, money supermarket, and basically advice, letting everyone know that we've been rated number one um, looking after our clients throughout this pandemic. I've been working every single day since um, the pandemic obviously started, ensuring that I'm looking after my customers throughout. So it's been such a challenging time, but I've also um, obviously been able to look after my clients. Um, and, you know, I've, I've also managed to get people away. Obviously, we had a gap last year where there was a lot of... Um, there was a few months where we were still able to travel and obviously everyone was so a lot of people were desperate to go away so I managed to do that um, and obviously now the world is slowly opening up so I have got clients that are due to travel um, and obviously at the moment there's still some restrictions in place we've got the obviously traffic light system um, so I guess my job is a lot harder now than it ever was but challenging but obviously there's so many, like a lot of people are still booking because they're so desperate to get away. I think it's a case now of, because um, a lot of people are obviously getting vaccinated now um, and so many people are keen to get away. But obviously, it's, everyone wants to make sure that they've got the right, you know, if you've got to have the right um, 
PCR tests and just what destinations are open up. So at the moment, it's still quite, it's still a challenging time. And at the moment, even though there's extra tests, there's the threat of maybe quarantining if anything changes while you're away. There's masks, maybe longer queues at airports. There's all these things that, you know, we don't want. It sounds like plenty of people are actually willing to deal with all of that just to get some, some sun. Yes, completely. I, when the announcement was made from the government about what country, what destinations are going to be on the green list, my phone was still. I had so many clients call me the next day and um, say, "Right, Regina, we're desperate. Where can we go?" And I said, "Okay, well, you know, explain it to them. Explain what was in place now to get on holiday." They, you know, I've had a few that obviously booked, like I said, that go in the next few weeks. They're just so desperate, so. I mean, obviously, there's going to be there's a few people that I've, I have amended obviously next year, which is understandable because they, you know, they don't want to go this year next year. But a lot of people are still wanting to get away. I spotted something about how if you're heading to Portugal, for example, you're still looking. I understand that having to wear face masks on the beach. Now, do you think that people are okay with that? They're not too put off by it. I mean, I'm not going to speak for everyone. I know that some people are, but I would say a small percentage. Uh, and I think that um, it's just when you are kind of walking around. Um, I mean, it's not going to be, I know what you're saying, obviously it's on the beach, but it's not going to be any different from here. It's still going to be exactly the same thing. When you're sunbathing and obviously by the pool, you're not going to be expected to obviously wear a face mask. Um and I, I do think over time, obviously, this is going to be relaxed. But I do understand, you know, if people don't. But I've not, that I've, I think I've had one person out of all of my clients that have queried that, to be honest. <laughs> so, yeah. It's obviously, like I say, it's obviously not enough of a deal to put people off no. getting away, no. which is good. What's it looking like price-wise to travel? Because if, for example, everyone in Britain who wants to flock to Portugal, does that mean accommodation and all that kind of stuff, the prices have gone up quite a bit? I thought that would be the case. Having, obviously, had a look and what I've booked as well, there is some really good prices out there. The, the, the prices haven't gone up at all, I would say. Um, you know, half-term dates and summer dates, of course, it's, it's the same. But I would say they're averaging at the, the normal costs at the moment. And how about you? I wondered for you personally if you've got any travel plans. Yes, I have. <laughs> I'm due to be going to um, Croatia in June, Greece in July and in August. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, so you've got every yeah. confidence then. Oh, yes. Yeah. And I'm going with my all of my family as well in July and we've discussed um, obviously, if, if we're still travelling in Amber, is everyone okay to still go? Do you still want to? 100%. So, um, yeah, we're obviously, we're desperate and I'm desperate to go away. And, yeah, I feel confident in still travelling, of course. And I've got clients that are due to go in, in the next uh, week or so as well. So Georgina's happy to go away. She's getting loads of bookings from people who feel the same but we asked you lot on Twitter whether you would book a trip to an amber country and less than 10% said yes. Almost a quarter said they were booked and they were hoping that their destination goes green before they travel, of course. Meanwhile, red list countries, of course, you shouldn't visit at all. But many people who'd already booked trips for this summer and unfortunately found out their country was on the red list. That includes Gary Scott from Harwell. He's booked to go to Dubai in August with his family. 
So what does he make of it all? Dubai's on the red list, which is a bit frustrating, really, when, when you've got countries like Israel on the green list. They've got some cases there, but usually Dubai is is a really switched-on country. And basically, I mean, the reason we go there, there's there's no crime at all. There's nothing like that. It's, it's really safe. The first time I went was 1990, and there was nothing there. And every year I used to go back with the, with the forces, and gradually they were building and building and building, uh, basically towards uh, tourism. Now, I can't see Dubai being any less of a threat than, than going anywhere else, to be honest. Yeah, do you think that Dubai is as keen maybe as some European countries that are you know wanting to reopen? I know Spain today is saying it's hoping to go onto the green list soon. It wants to open back up to British travellers. I think they'll be really up for overseas travellers. They've been gearing up for like the tourism industry for years now. And I mean, you do go out there and it, it's always... It's always chock-a-block, quite a popular destination where with British tourists. So if it goes on to Amber by the time you need to, you've got your trip booked, are you happy to go on Amber and are you happy to isolate when you come back? Uh, it just depends what, what way you've got to isolate. Obviously, if it, if it stays on red, uh, I don't envisage actually going and having to book in a, in a hotel on a, on a return, uh, especially given that that obviously with the Indian Indian situation and they can just walk back into the country. Mm. It's a bit frustrating, really. I, I don't think the government's handled it that well at all. Obviously, hopefully you do get to go in August. We've still got a few months yet. So once you're out there and probably it's probably going to be different, isn't it, to when you've been there before? You're going to have to wear masks and take your tests and things. Are you bothered about that? No, I'm not, I'm not bothered about that. I mean, by then I'll have both my vaccinations anyway. Now we're going to hear from Rachel Treadwell from East Hanny, who runs Not Just Travel and is urging people to basically just follow what the government's saying. Don't fly to an amber list country at the moment. She managed to get a trip booked for this month, but hers is something a little bit different. I'm off on a four-night cruise and very excited. I don't think I've left Oxfordshire in the last um, 15 months, apart from once to visit my mum. So um, I am super excited. We're actually not sailing to anywhere specific. It's a four-night cruise, but we only stop at Portland. Um, And the rest of the time, we're completely on board ship. Mm. Um, We've had to do a PCR test, 72 hours. No, I didn't actually. I had to do an antigen test, sorry, lateral flow test. You can choose to pick the PCR or antigen test. So I did an antigen one. Um, 72 hours before and I will get tested again at the port and they they also test your temperature at regular interviews throughout the ship but everything else is um, open and and raring to go. How nice is that because there's been so much talk recently hasn't there about holidays in terms of flights Um, but I've I've not personally really thought about you know cruising and whether that might be something that's a bit more kind of sensible at the moment while everything's a bit up in the air. Yeah, well, there's so many options as well uh, this year with many of the cruise lines sailing around the UK. Um, there's the Disney cruise. There's, there's, there's plenty of options. There's um, a cruise for everybody. There's Fred Olsen, there's Cunard, there's Princess. So um, lots and lots of options. And some people have to be vaccinated and 
other other cruise lines, you don't have to be fully vaccinated. So there is a, a cruise for everybody if they'd like one. <laughs> are, are you a sort of veteran cruiser? Have you done them before? No, I have. I'm not a veteran cruiser. I have done a couple of cruises before. But I just saw this as a great opportunity to get away, to be honest. Because obviously there's still lots of talk even today about this whole traffic light system. And we know what the green list means, but I think there's confusion around amber, isn't there? And whether that means you can still go away. And the government's obviously saying the amber list, yes, you can travel, but not for holidays. And I do think it's confusing. Yeah. Um, and basically, we would definitely just say follow the government advice. If, if they say that we can't go on a holiday to the amber list at the moment, then obviously our advice would be that. Um, but there's no problem in booking a holiday for the Amber List further, further forward uh, because obviously they are going to be moving. They are, it's a moving feast, you know. It's, it's Amber at the moment, but at some point they will turn green, hopefully. Mm, uh, yeah, you're still taking a little bit of a risk, aren't you, because it could go the other way, I suppose. Yes, but if you if you book with um, a reputable supplier and a, a good travel agent, then you should be protected, and you can um, either move your your holiday forward or get a refund if it if it's changed colour. Do you think maybe we should get rid of the amber list and just have a red and a green, so it's really obvious: green, yes; red, no. Personally, this is me personally speaking. Yes, I do. I think it would make it so much clearer. Because it does, it is confusing for um, travellers. How are you finding things are going in terms of bookings and demand? There's a pent up demand. Bookings are coming in. They're they're not. The floodgates haven't opened, but they're definitely coming in. And you've sort of got three camps of people: people that are going to travel no matter what, people who just want a little bit of reassurance, and then people who are definitely not travelling until this is all over. And are you finding any particular countries seem the most popular at the moment? Obviously, at the moment, Portugal and Madeira. <laughs> <laughs> right, it is the ones that we're expecting. And how about yes, how about people yes. that are sort of maybe looking further down the line if they're booking holidays for later in the year or next year? Where are they going? Um, long haul, we're we're seeing a lot of bookings to the Maldives and the Caribbean, um, and the USA. And short haul is Spain or the typical Spain, Greece, uh, Portugal hotspots, really. But yeah, Maldives has had a massive boost, but obviously that's on the red list at the moment. It's been really difficult for the for the travel industry for the last year or so. It must be really nice to see that so many people are feeling confident enough to book. I know for me personally, I'm very excited to go on holiday one day, but I'm not quite ready to, to book something just yet. But it sounds like lots of yeah. people are. They are, and I think the the um, beauty of the of the situation at the moment is that we have got offerings through to 2023, which is unheard of um, in previous years. We've never had such forward booking available, and so people can get grab a really good deal now, because clearly, I think it, when everything does open up, prices are going to change, and you've got you've got good prices at the moment, and you can book something with a low deposit and make sure that you get what you want and not what's left. Rachel Treadwell there from Not Just Travel. So she says there's no harm, of course, booking to go to an amber country in the future because it is a moving picture. And also Rachel's got a webinar coming up if you're interested on June 9th where she's got a load of local tour operators lined up to give you a bit of holiday inspo and a tour of some of the favourite destinations. So just Google Incredible Journeys charity event. And it's raising money for the amazing Ronald McDonald House in Oxford. Now, what is all the tonic to all of this traffic light confusion? What's the option if you're feeling a bit scared to travel or to book something that might get cancelled? 
It's a staycation, of course. There's been a boom in UK holiday bookings, which I spoke to Hayley Beer Gamage from Experience Oxfordshire about, and also why people should be cautious if they're hedging their bets and booking both a UK and overseas holiday and planning on cancelling one last minute. Yeah, people are doing that. We are seeing, I suppose, a small percentage of people which are hedging their bets, if you like, whereby they are booking and perhaps something domestically and something internationally and waiting to see when the time comes which ones they cancel. But I, I would urge anybody that's doing that to really err on the side of caution, particularly if you think that you can easily pivot your domestic holiday to an international one. Because what has happened during this pandemic is businesses have become much more flexible in their booking terms and conditions which is fantastic but if you read the small print and quite rightly so the businesses are really only accepting cancellations in a lot of cases where it's covid related so you can't just cancel your holiday and expect a refund if you fancy going to the costa del sol instead it would have to be because you know you have a a case of covid you're isolating please err on the side of caution by not thinking that you can make an easy cancellation for any reason and we want to be supporting our domestic businesses as well, um, you know, because the last thing they want is at the last minute to see all these last minute cancellations come through when they were expecting that, that business to, to, to be filled. And it's obviously really good news that there's this boom in bookings in the UK this year because for those places that have been shut and faced a big drop in income. But what are your kind of thoughts and predictions for 2022? Because I know a lot of people that are saying they're holding off for this year are then going to look at booking, you know, the big foreign holiday next year. Do you think then it could be a bit of a slump for domestic travel, I suppose? I think we'll see a shift. I think naturally as um, we get further through this pandemic recovery and businesses can reopen and there is more confidence in travel, I think absolutely again the Brits are going to want to go abroad at some point but what we will hopefully see conversely is the rest of the world opening up at the same time and that pent-up demand from overseas returning to Oxford and Oxfordshire. I mean we we already know that there is a a lot of demand from the long-haul markets in particular Um, so a, a similar scenario we were talking to the Visit Britain overseas office yesterday from America and again a lot of their market have got all of these holiday vouchers on record with the travel agencies and they're desperate to come back to to England and the UK. So you'd like to think that there will be a shift and a change in pattern, but probably what will happen is there'll be some sort of equilibrium between domestic and inbound tourism again. Um, But that's still going to be quite slow, we think. We we are probably three years off recovering to pre-pandemic levels. Would you say at the moment Oxford for, for this summer, this year, is proving quite a popular city break? Yeah, where we've got um, the advantage with a city like Oxford is that we are a small heritage city and that is quite appealing and certainly a lot of the national consumer research that we're getting through says that's quite appealing compared to some of your big cosmopolitan and metropolitan areas. So we do know that heritage cities, there's a a lot of interest. What we do have to make sure that we are very careful of though is that we're giving appropriate messaging. So it's all around know before you go because a lot of the the normal assets or, or reasons why you might 
come to a city like Oxford because of some of the heritage well, might not be open to the public. But actually, there are so many more reasons to come back to the city in terms of the contemporary culture and the wealth of attractions and the fantastic hospitality that we have. We just need to be making sure that we are telling customers exactly what there is to see and do in the city and the county and to make sure that they really check on that information before they come for their visit. We're just coming to the end of English Tourism Week, aren't we? And I noticed that you um, have been sort of leading on a Why I Love Oxfordshire campaign and getting the Why I Love Ox hashtag going on social media as well. Tell me a bit about that. It's an opportunity to make sure that we're supporting um, businesses and raising their profile but also if you're a local, tell us literally why you love Oxfordshire. So hashtag why I love Ox and we're trying to get people engaged on social media and um, using their pictures, um, using their photos of when they've been out anywhere across the city and the county and telling us what you, you really love about uh, you know being a resident here in the city and the county and trying to really instill some pride in place because I think what's also happened over the, the past 12-14 months is there has been a much more of an appreciation for what we have on our doorstep than there ever has been before and we're really keen as experienced Oxfordshire to make sure that we continue to work on pride in place and that local residents feel that they are as much a part of the locality as visitors are and all of these assets are there as much for, for locals if not more so than they are for, for the wider visitor offering when they when they um, open up again. So Haley says as we recover from the pandemic, more Brits will want to go abroad, but pent-up demand from overseas means travellers should return to Oxfordshire too. Haley's also encouraging people to get involved with the hashtag WhyILoveOx on socials. Share your pictures of your favourite places in Oxfordshire. It's been such a challenging time for the travel and tourism sector and you can get involved and help support local businesses. Now, whatever you choose for your holiday this year, if you're going to book one, Make sure you seek advice and make sure you're covered as well, insurance-wise and sunscreen-wise.